We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas at the Lamb Shows. You can find me. My guy, A double L E N, is back in the building. What's good, bro? We got a double deluxe coming for you. Yeah, not one, but two episodes with Alan. So stay tuned for that second one coming out later this week. But this is the draft. The draft is this week. I'm excited. Alan, what are your thoughts on this draft coming up? Are you excited? Are you intrigued? I think just because of all the attention on the quarterbacks, like we haven't had that since when it was Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Donald, yeah. Lamar Jackson, et cetera. Like whenever it was like a real top heavy quarterback class, that it just means more attention. And I just feel like there's so much instability at the quarterback position for a lot of franchises. Like I, I think maybe ten to twelve franchises are truly satisfied with the quarterback with you know, currently on their roster. So there's a lot of questions there. Possible trade ups, you know, you, you the usual draft buzz, but I just think there's a little more interest this year, just because it's really quarterback heavy, where we could see uh, first four picks being quarterback. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I do feel as if there's a lot of attention on the quarterbacks, and rightfully so, right? We know yeah. the whole cliche shit about the quarterback. It's the most important position in sports, and especially in football. But I also think that there's a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball this year with Pitts, Chase, Smith, Waddle, yeah. the wide receivers yeah. are, you know, and even some of the guys like Tony over at Florida, too. Mm. There's a lot of there's they're a lot saying Penny Sewell might be like the next Trent Williams. And any, anytime someone mentions Trent Williams, I get excited because I think Trent Williams is like the past decade's best left tackle. Like, right I mean, now. dude, think about it. He, yeah. he missed the year, came back, and then signed that extension yeah. with the Niners. Like, that's fucking wild. So, yeah, there's a huge amount of time. And because I know we always talk about like edge rushers and like that's always a big talking point. But I feel like the defense really hasn't mentioned. Like, I think it's a decent corner class from what I've heard and mm-hmm. checked out. But, like, this is a very weak – and you don't really hear nothing about, like, no dominant interior tackle. Like, there's no big promising, you know, rising star or anything. But, you know, the fact that it's all offense, you know, that's what teams are building. Like, think about it, that's where the league's headed. So, uh, I guess that's really exciting. Okay, I have with, – with every pick, we're going to do a mock draft of the first 11 picks. The reason why we're going 11 is because the Giants hold the 11th pick. And, you know what I'm saying, I even put on the right – the right crew neck for this. Even though I always think that's like Washington Wizards. I don't know. Wow. I'm offended, bro. I just think those colors represent more Wizards than Giants. I don't know why. Maybe it's Buffalo? a logo. Buffalo? Buffalo, too. Maybe it's just because the logo. Mm. Like, you see Washington. You know, like, it just, there's a little bit more of a resemblance. But, of course, you could say Giants, Bills. Those colors match it. But I just, I don't know. Maybe it's the logo thing. Jersey. I don't know. All right. Well, this podcast is over. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time. All right. With, with every draft pick. I have general just draft questions, mm-hmm. right? You have a mock. I have a mock. Mm-hmm. It's not like a rotating. So who you think goes one, right, I'll right. think goes one, and we'll, we'll react that way. But I want to open up the conversation with this. How do you rate a successful draft pick? What is your definition of a successful draft pick? Because I have my answer, obviously. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. I think a lot of people look at the second contract. Like, does he get there? Do they give him a four or five year deal afterwards? Depending on position, because sometimes you know, look at the running back position, mm. they're, they're barely getting three these days. So I think, does he get that second contract? Um, is he making a difference week in and week out? Do teams game plan for him? You know, depending on position, like, does he strike fear into opponents? Like, you just look at that. Uh, of course, you know, you gotta look at each position, but ultimately, second contract and durability as well because we've seen promising players within their third year you know, a couple of torn acls later you don't know if they're the same so uh i would say the combination of you know of course on the field play but then you know second contract and also durability i couldn't agree with you more yeah. that's that's how i measure it too mm-hmm. do you get your fifth year option picked up mm-hmm. do you get a second contract with the team that drafted you one of the reasons why the Giants are in the hole that they're in, and I'm going to speak to the Giants because I know that pretty well, but also I want to use the Giants as an example for you to understand what I mean by this. Go all the way back to 2007, right? Kiwanuka, out of position, you try to make him a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Aaron Ross mm-hmm. didn't re-sign with a team a second contract. Kenny Phillips left for the Eagles, didn't re-sign a second contract. How about Kenny Phillips? These are all first-round picks, so <laughs> yeah. I want to just mention this, right? Hakeem Nix holds out for more money, never re-signs with the Giants out of the league two years after that. Remember, he was holding there were, out. There were red flags injury-wise. Right, yeah. right, right. Coming out of North Carolina. JPP, they signed him to a second contract, mm-hmm. and then they trade him a year later to Tampa Bay. Right. And 
his I was looking back at because I rewatched the Super Bowl recently just because of the talking points with the draft coming up. Yeah. He had one of the most impactful Super Bowls in recent memory for a defensive end in uh-huh. the sense of creating pressure, throwing Mahomes off his spot. He was mean mugging Mike Remmers. And it was like Von Miller all over again. Yeah. You remember Remmers is the right tackle for yep. Carolina. And oh, it was yep. real. And people forget about JPP. Like he's up there year in, year out, like most snaps at, as an edge rusher. Like he, he's on the field like 90% of the time, which yeah. is pretty absurd. Yeah, I think like guys like him and Olivier Vernon were like always at the top. Like they just don't get rotated off the field, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah. Like I want you to be available if I'm yeah. spending all this money on you right. in this draft. Capital. And people will think JPP is not most durable because he just had some major off the field incidents, but that had nothing to do with the field. Yeah, he, he, when he's there, he's rarely leaving the field. So JPP signs a second contract. They trade him after a year with that second contract. Mm-hmm. David Wilson. I know career-ending injury. Yeah. That's a different example, right? But still ties into this. Odell Beckham. Trade him a year after signing his big contract with the Giants, in which the Giants paid, like, the first year that Cleveland got him. Mm-hmm. For Cleveland, it was free because right. the Giants were paying him. Uh, hold on. Like, you just went from David Wilson to Odell Beckham. That's a, pr- that's a pretty big stretch. Well, it's, it's a two-year stretch. I forgot about um, Eric Flowers. Uh, no, Justin Pugh. Justin Pugh uh, doesn't re-sign with the Giants right, the second right, time. Right. He goes to Arizona. Yeah. Then Eric Flowers, I mean, enough about that. Yeah. Then Eli Apple, please let's not get started. Oof. Evan people, Ingram. People forget Eli Apple was the 10th pick. Yeah. 10th pick. He was so a first-round pick. Top 10 pick. Yeah, so was Eric Flowers, bro. Well, we <laughs> and he got paid somehow. You know, he just had to go play guard, I guess. Evan Ingram. I still want to believe, but I'm not because I'm going to get kicked off. <laughs> well, listen, I put up a video on my Instagram story. Apparently, they're projecting him to get four for 52 years. Hey, if Austin Hooper got four years, 44 million, I could see it. <sighs> Please not with the Giants. I'd rather not. I'd rather not. Saquon Barkley, right? Fantastic player. Uh-huh. Arguably the best running back in football when he's healthy. But again, I don't think you take a running back in the first round. DeAndre Baker. That's So these are all the first. And, and Daniel Jones, too, yeah. right? These are all the first round picks the Giants have had. Mm-hmm. And also Dexter Lawrence as well. But he's he's been pretty solid. Yeah, but solid again, King. defensive tackle. Yeah. So most of those guys that I mentioned, bro, didn't sign second year contracts with the Giants. So that's how I agree with you. That's how yeah. I view a successful and the, the record speaks for itself. Right. The past how many years? Right. Yeah. And then also something else. Do you know which position has the highest hit rate of success in the NFL? I know. Worse is actually defensive line, which I was shocked by. Maybe edge rusher, because I was just listening to a podcast, and they said, like, the lowest hit rate's defensive end. But uh, hit rate, I'm going to go wide receiver. No. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you a hint. It's a position that every fan boos when their team takes because it's not. Oh, guard? Offensive line. Oh, just in general offensive line. General offensive line. Okay. They have the highest hit rate. And the hit rate that— I feel like this, guards in particular are hit rate. This is for— This is for— Remember the year Quentin Nelson got drafted? Everyone was like, yo, unanimous, arguably best player in the draft. Right. But you're not going to take a guard number one overall. It's stupid. It's dumb. Man, they fleeced the Jets instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they traded back and they got the guy that they wanted anyway. Right. So offensive line has the highest hit rate of any position unit in the NFL. And the hit rate that we're basing this off of is fifth-year option and contract extensions. And this is also for first-round picks in general. So... We mentioned JPP. We mentioned the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Right. If your team drafts an offensive lineman, before you boo it, because he's not going to be starting on your fantasy team, 
Go and watch that Super Bowl again because yeah. that is a prime example of what happens when you don't have your old well, line. You just intact. look at the teams where you've seen quarterbacks get replete pressure. Russell Wilson in the past, Joe Burrow past year, Deshaun Watson in the past. Like you just see quarterbacks taking punishment year in year out. It's like no, this needs to be addressed, and you can't just spend in uh, for agency because some tackles are going for like nine, ten million a year, and who knows what your cap space is like. So, you know, I know first round pick it might not be the most uh, attractive pick but same time it's like you got to address needs especially if you're trying to build a contender and some offensive linemen they could be real difference makers they're tone setters you, know, you never know what a really good center could do for you or of course a tackle and everyone looks at the tackle position but now you see a lot of edge rushers they're rushing more on the left side so right tackle to me is just as valuable as left tackle mm-hmm. at this point you know the way teams are rotating so. but i also think the evolution of football where there's so much passing yeah that's really changed. That's yeah. another thing. Like wide receiver, more and more wide receivers yeah. are going to take in year right. in, year out. Wide right. receivers really dominate the drafts nowadays. I, th- I think guards are a position where it's that I think is a little lower in value just because you see some tackles get converted to guard. Mm. And I don't know. I just don't see it. And like you look at like this year, I don't hear about any guard. Unless you're like this all world guard, like a Quinn Nelson, like you don't hear any real guard. I mean, like Zach Martin, who's. Phenomenal player. He was drafted 14th, so uh, you don't really see your guards and not centers uh, don't get picked high either. But at the same time, it's like you get a real center, you bring them in, and they make a world of difference. You get Ryan Jensen, Tampa, uh, Alex Mack with Atlanta, like you mm-hmm. know, a real center just to give your quarterback well, more stability. Also with Dallas, exactly. He was a first round pick. We were like, what the fuck, taking yeah. a center in the first? Like sometimes, if the fits there and it just gives your quarterback more security. You do it because mm. at the end of the day, it's like that's what you're building towards. You're trying to give your quarterback the best infrastructure possible. What position do you think gets irrational love in draft coverage? Like love that you just don't understand. Like why is there so much hype around that position? Nothing really. St- I'm not the good. I, I see people like always. I feel like the tight end position is very polarizing. Mm. You hear people absolutely love it. I feel like dude, tight end can create a lot of mismatches. Well, think about the league the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Go back to the Eagles in 2017. Right. You, I mean, you can even go back to the Pats when they had the, the two tight ends, right? Mm-hmm. But then you look at the Eagles. They win the Super Bowl. They have Zach Ertz mm-hmm. playing at a really, really high level. And then, mm-hmm. of course, the Patriots, again, you have Gronk. Yeah. I mean, you have Kelsey. You have Kittle go to the Super Bowl right. also. You saw Waller with the Raiders last year absolutely balling out. Yeah. So the tight end position and even all those years yeah. back, Carolina with Greg Olson. Yeah. So I- it's a... Very polarizing. Position. I do have I do have one that maybe gets a little too much irrational love is the three tech D tackle because everyone sees what Aaron Donald's done and the way Aaron Donald fell in draft. You know those D tackles where they're like two ninety, but they just get off the line of scrimmage like within a set, like they just burst. You know I think they just you hear people talk about that so much, but at the same time, it's like if you get someone that's three fifteen and he could stay on the field most of the time, go for that. Like I think people are a little too infatuated with the two hundred ninety pound D tackle just because they've seen Aaron Donald and. Uh, eventually Grady Jarrett and um, now Chris Jones a little heavier but it's just that kind of particular player I've seen over the past like five six years just like we need that interior tackle just because he could get the quarterback but it's like you know look I know running the ball very old school but still there's times where you need to stop the run and teams could gas you so to me I think a little too much attention is getting to three tech it's like okay we need this guy just because he explodes like no you need also size up front you need like you know people make fun of Dexter Lawrence pick but you know, 345, but he does a solid job. He does, yeah. yeah. And he makes the linebackers look a lot better, too. Right. 
you yes. gotta give your linebackers a chance to space. Exactly. Yeah, I always talk about. I brought this up many times in the past with VM about Haloti Nada mm-hmm. when the Ravens took him. Right. People were like, "Wait, that might be a little bit of a reach." Don't understand the pick. And then Ray Lewis said that that's gonna extend his career five years because he's gonna take up so much space. And he was like a very heavy defensive tackle too, and he was just clogging up holes and mm-hmm. it let the linebackers roam around. Caroline did that with Star Latulier and um, Kwan Short. And then look what with Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley. Yeah. They were top of the league for several years. Yeah, yeah. So. I would say that um, running back gets irrational love. In what way? Too much hate or too much? I, that's another position that I think is very polarizing, oh, too. Oh, that's probably the most polarizing. Yeah, the most polarizing. I think we just consider that so polarized now. Like, people get, so that's why I want to bring it up. But, yeah, like, right. running back is just... Nah, for sure. Yeah. You know, th- this year they're saying how... I believe the over under at the DraftKings Sportsbook was um, one running back in Najee the first Harris. round. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that everyone's projecting. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the last question, and then we'll dive a little bit into the mock, um, is what position do you think is slept on the most? I think off ball linebackers. I think a, it's such a valuable thing to have a consistent three down linebacker that could cover, that isn't afraid to take on blocks in a run game, someone that could stay on the field. You know, someone that's very durable, of course. but And someone that you, you trust could be the mind of your defense, the nucleus, someone that could get everyone organized. And you know, as much as you want them to be an asset and courage, you want to make sure they're not total liability against the run because there are linebackers that are scared of contact. And it, it derails their career because you you got to be able to take on blocks at some point. You can't avoid it. So I think off-ball linebackers, I think it's a huge position. You see a lot of good teams have it. Like, look at the Super Bowl champions. They have two great ones. Um, these past years with Seattle, and I mentioned Carolina before, and even Denver's had it with uh, Danny Trevathan and Wesley Woodyard. Like, I think off-ball linebackers is a position where you don't, they don't get quite the glamour, but I think they could be a huge asset. Like, I think Darius Leonard, what he did for that Colts defense, like he, he turned them into like a – he was a big reason why they went from like a bomb five unit to very respectable now. So it's just you get one of those players, they could make a huge difference. Before we get into our mock draft that we have – we give a shout out to the members of the Patreon, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Plates, Devin Rendon, Jake Powers, Ryan Pisner, and Corey Johnson Hoops, Alexander Salim, the winner of the crew neck in the month of March. You should be getting your stuff sometime this week. I sent it out on Friday. So to everyone that supports the Patreon, thank you. We're at 58 members of the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. And Alan, I hope I don't say the word Patreon again because I just rattled it off like six times right there. So, okay. Uh, the first pick in the draft. Shocker? No, I'm just kidding. We've known it since December. 2019? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I like seeing the headlines, though, of like he's already like learning the playbook a little bit mm-hmm. and i don't know why people thought it was controversial cincinnati did the same thing with joe burrow last year it wasn't a big deal like if you know you know it, it just, yeah yeah so uh what about these new questions about him not loving football have you heard some of those criticisms I think people just look at quotes and overreact especially when it comes to like print that's why you don't see too many people like obviously players got obligations but like print interviews you're always a little hesitant to do just because your quotes could be misconstrued and next thing you know, it's like, oh, this player, you don't know what his passion is like. It's like, it's just in a magazine or it was online. Like, no, I think Trevor Lawrence, guy's been being, I feel like he's been praised for years. Like, I haven't seen a quarterback prospect get this much love since by Andrew Luck. 
Yeah, that's yeah. exactly who uh, I was going to mention yeah. as the last quarterback to get this much. Like, you knew Andrew Luck was going to be the first-round pick in, like, 2010, right. like two years out. And then with Trevor yeah. Lawrence, when he came in for Deshaun Watson. Well, actually, no, it was that dude Kelly was in there. Mm. Like a stopgap, sort of. Yeah. And then Trevor Lawrence came in. But, dude, I, I tell this story all the time. I remember watching him on the Elite 11. And Trent Dilfer had a boner for this kid just throwing fade rods. He's like, where's Trevor? Trevor, throw the ball. Oh, Trevor with the post. <laughs> just so animated about him. And then ever since then, like, he goes to Clemson. Uh, I don't want to call him a traditional power, but they're a modern power now. Like, oh, they, absolutely. You know, without a doubt, they're yeah. a premier. They're a top three college team. Every year. Every year, yeah. yeah. I'd say top two. It's them yeah. and Bama, pretty yeah. much. But, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. I will say one thing, though. Um. They have a lot of draft capital, man. And they have some people on that team that I kind of like. Like I, think I love the Marvin Jones signing. Marvin Jones is dope. Yeah. Uh, I like DJ Chark. Yes. Um, I like the running back, too, James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Though I do think that they might address that in the draft. Uh, they might get someone like... Later on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But With all also, the capital they have. Yeah. yeah. So they have two first-round picks, mm-hmm. two second-round picks, the 65th pick, which is basically the it's the first pick in the third round. Uh, two-fourths and two-fifths. So I wouldn't be surprised if they can make some noise next year. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs or anything, but they might be a team that's more competitive. They could win six games, maybe. Yeah. Especially in that division. Yeah. Hey, we always talk about AFC South being so wide open. And now with the news of the of this craziness with Deshaun Watson, right. we don't know if he's going to be the starter next year. Yeah. It's basically just what? Ryan Tannehill and who knows what Carson Wentz is going to look like. And you don't know what Tennessee's offense is going to look like without the Smith. So yeah. that's a division. Anything's wide open. It's just... The whole dynamic of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, I think it's just the first time in a long time. I know Jacksonville, they had their little run in 2017, but I think they're going to actually get more just national recognition just because of Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. We're talking about two names that just, like when you talk about college football, they were like the first two names mentioned. Besides Nick Saban, I feel like they were two like the biggest names there. So now that they come to the NFL together, it's going to be... It's going to be a trippy ride. Uh, Jacksonville's got my interest. I don't know, like we talked about, kind of like Cincinnati last year. Like if Burrow played 16 games, I think Cincinnati could win five, six games. So if Trevor Lawrence is on the field and what they're building there, I think they could win five, six games. And, hey, I think Jacksonville fans will take They just want to see some progress at this point. You want to show them a blueprint to what could be down the road, right? Mm -hmm. And if you get a guy like Trevor Lawrence, I I was telling Nippy this. We've had a lot of conversations about the quarterbacks in this class, and I think the only way that Trevor Lawrence could fail in the NFL, I think personally, is if the organization lets him down. So what I mean by that is if they don't equip him with the right weapons around him, Mm -hmm. a good offensive line, that dude is nasty, bro. There's no way he could suck unless it's the team that lets him down. And he takes too much punishment. Right, right. Because it doesn't take much for a quarterback to become broken down. Yeah. Like... They start getting hit consistently. Listen, man, I'd be a little concerned if I'm a Bengals fan, depending on how this draft turns out. Like, right. you want to, you you have some pieces around them, but also you don't want him getting sacked fifty plus times a year. Right. Like, that's devastating. Because you saw some of those games last year. Not to talk about Cincinnati, like not to go to Cincinnati because now we're gonna bring them up. But like, there were times where Burrow would drop back. Like, remember that um, Thursday night game against Cleveland, yep. second game of his NFL career, and like he could barely get the ball out. They had like sixty pass attempts. Yeah, some games you too. See him running for his life, and like you just see everyone on Twitter. Man, this is gonna be a long year mm-hmm. for Joe Burrow, and it wasn't it a wasn't, long year. It he wasn't. Got, yeah, he got fairly injured. Like, yeah. pick number two, the Jets. Zach Wilson. Yeah, I want. What was the moment that I'm trying to remember? What was the moment that made everyone think, okay, Zach Wilson's the guy too? 
because there was some debate for a bit, but I'm trying to like pinpoint what was the exact time. Was it sometime in March where it's like, okay, he's a consensus number two now? It had to be his pro day. Yeah. He made good. that one throw in the air that MP uh-uh. sends me a clip of all the time where it's like, yeah, yo, I'm sorry. I do not get excited for pro days at all. It's whatever. This idea that he can make all the throws, mm-hmm. to me, that is irrelevant. I think, uh, you should be able to. You're a professional yeah. quarterback. Yeah, I think quarterback pro days are like where I like. There's some pro days like you just see like how quick is a linebacker or you know what's the you know the burst for a D or like a three cone. Like those are kind of cool depending on you know what it is. But like quarterback positions, like okay, there's he's not running an offense. There's no pocket collapsing. It's just make the throws. Yeah, you're throwing yeah. against air. Yeah, don't pull a Mac Jones basically. <laughs> it's just. It's just so weird to me, man. Everyone gets like super, super. Just... I think it's just a nerdy thing. People just like, I don't know. Especially if you're a fan of a franchise where you know, look at the Jets, they've just been starved of for good quarterback or competent quarterback play. They just want to see someone. So they just get excited. So this is probably the biggest pick of Joe Douglas's career, I would say. Because um, he inherited Sam Darnold. Remember, mm-hmm. Darnold wasn't it was, Joe Douglas wasn't there. That was Mike McKay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now there's no more excuses for Joe Douglas. Like it, he he has his quarterback and he has the head coach that he wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. I always talk about this too. How the way to properly build your franchise, unless there's exceptions, right? Like if you inherit an Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you're not going to be like, well, you know what? I want my own guy. No, no you'd be a fucking idiot uh, if you did that. But when you have guys that are questionable. You want your owner to find the GM, the GM to find his head coach, the head coach to find his quarterback. When you start mixing and matching, you're the GM, you hire me, but I have another dude's quarterback. Mm -hmm. It just gets too complicated. So now for Joe Douglas, I'd say it's a new coaching staff. I like Zach Wilson for the simple fact that he comes from BYU Mm -hmm. and he's talked about this highly because the other quarterback in this draft, I'm completely off Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but... Mm -hmm. He just, I've seen 15 years of following football and understanding it. Guys from Alabama, that program, at quarterback, it's very, very questionable. Very systematic. Yeah. Yeah. And you're playing with all that talent around Mm -hmm. you. Dude, Bama's going to have two wide receivers go in the top 20 picks. If they don't go top 20, like some wild shit happened and they fell in the draft. So, to me, Zach Wilson, um, a little bit of a dual threat guy, and I think that he is, I mean, he's definitely going to be the pick, I think, at number two. But I also think it's the right one. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the right one because I'm just, I'm a, I'm a Fields homer. Oh, I'm a, I, like, I just dig Fields. we just watching him play. But there's no design uh, denying Zach Wilson's just overall talent. Like, that arm, like, it's hard not to get excited. Um, I'm not sure what exact offense they're going to be running you know, in New York, but... It's just when you watch, it, you get that wow factor. I mean, it's like okay, like I know you hate, and a lot of people hate the term arm talent, but it's like someone like you know make all the throws. Like literally, there's to me when you watch him, there are no limitations. I feel like you could give him whatever there is in the playbook, and he'll make it happen. So that's exciting for a team that's you know, look at the Jets. It's just they've dealt with so many injuries and limitations over the past you know twenty years of the quarterback position. Like their best quarterback, Chet Pennington, couldn't throw the ball more than twenty yards. Like. You know, just to see what this franchise could do if, if the pieces come together and if he stays healthy, it's it's, it's gonna be fun because you, you know you you watch those highlights, it's like mm-hmm. oh okay. How do you feel about the pieces with the Jets? They made some moves this off season. It's gonna take two three years. You gotta give them time. I just think they've endured so much. Just 
bad decision after bad decision, um, a lot of just toxicity at this point. I, I say you got to give him at least two years. Yeah. Okay. The third pick. What I think happens and what I think will happen is completely different, right? Um, I don't get the Mac Jones thing. I don't get how you can trade up to draft Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it. I think Justin Fields should be their number three pick. Same here. Um, and that's what I think should happen. Uh, you throw Fields into that mix with... I like the weapons that San Francisco has a lot. Mm-hmm. Love Debo Samuel. Uh, Ayuk was dope. Kittle coming back also. That's going to help again. Going back to how we started a lot of the conversation about the tight end position being so polarizing. Mm-hmm. He's the tight end. Him and Kelsey, yeah. 1A, 1B. And I can't see a team would trade that much to get a guy like Mac Jones. Right. And I don't like the whole bringing up past quarterbacks that Shanahan has worked with just to try to justify the Matt Jones picks. Like the reason why he worked with say Matt Schaub or you know, Matt Ryan or Brian Hoyer, like whoever it may be, like look Kirk Cousins, like the quarterback was there, like and he was the offensive coordinator. He didn't have a say in like what quarterback was gonna play for him. Like now he's the head coach. He can make this decision. So for them just like bring Mac Jones because he's somewhat reminiscent of those past quarterbacks, I think it's just silly because Shannon was the offense coordinator. He had no say in what players should be you know, traded, signed, whatever it may be. Now that he's the man, and I just like you said, you trade up for the third pick, you go up real assets, and you take a quarterback that doesn't seem like could do things out of structure. Like he seems like a very much like like a Kirk Cousins clone where like everything needs to be right, you know skill set wise for him to be productive. I just why would you have the third pick compared to a guy like Justin Fields that's a dual threat, can make plays out of structure and you know, doing so when someone has an arm, he is a cannon as well. So and I could just see what you know, given Shannon's creativity, they could just they could work wonders over there. So I just don't see I just think Mac Jones would just limit them mm-hmm. while Justin Fields just opens up so many possibilities. And this is a team that essentially didn't win the Super Bowl because their quarterback was limited. Right. So why are you going to take another limited quarterback? Like, I I don't know how this, but like every year we see a quarterback being hyped up too much that you just don't understand. Some you have had to eat your words on, you know, for draft analysts, whether it be Justin Herbert or Josh Allen. But then they are right about you know Mitchell Trubisky and likely Daniel Jones. Like, <sighs> just saying, man. Like, nah, they, you're right. You're like, right. They think about it, like the past years that we we've seen quarterbacks either that are like unanimous, unanimously just people aren't feeling them. Trubisky, they're right. Josh Allen, people are hating Josh Allen. Yeah. You gotta eat your words. Um, Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, but I don't feel like Lamar Jackson was ever a top ten pick. I'm talking about guys like you're in a real top ten. Got you. Yeah, got what you mean. Yeah, yeah, like Daniel Jones. Nobody liked that pick. Yeah, man. it's not looking good. Right. But then Justin Herbert. People are saying Justin Herbert shouldn't even be a first round pick. Now he potentially be like a top five quarterback. God Almighty, yeah. my Justin Herbert. Call. <laughs> he needs. You know yeah. what? He needs to win MVP this year because I wanted him to be the Giants' quarterback from like tw- 2018, and then when he didn't come out, he owes me. So Justin Herbert, you owe me 25 uh, to one DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah. Let's cash it in so we can have a nice uh, winter break in 2022. So, yeah. I, I think I think <laughs> I just think Mac Jones now falls into boats where like so many people like I just don't get it and. Draft analysts, sometimes they're right, sometimes mm. they're wrong. You know, I think this time they'll be right about Mac Jones. So, so you have Justin Fields. Justin Fields I going just, to the Niners? Yeah, yeah me I, too, man. I've watched a lot. Like it's you watch him, it's just like okay, this guy. Like I'm, I'm not gonna 
say like he could be the best quarterback ever, but he's someone that's going to change an offense, just be that threat. Like kind of, kind of like what Kyle Murray did early on, because I think the one issue with Fields is like he does panic a little bit, but just having that threat, I think, something that Kyle Shanahan could work with immediately, and things will just explode. Yo, I'm gonna hit his QB comp for me is Deshaun Watson, man. Mm-hmm. D- bigger too, like this dude is—he's a tank. He's yeah. tough. That game yeah. that he played against Clemson was right. really, really impressive. I think it should be Justin Fields too yeah. at number three. Okay, your team number four. Now, before we talk about what the Falcons are going to do here, um, any insight? Yeah, any? They're any, definitely open to trading down, but oh, nothing has. There's no, nothing really concrete. I know, like for, I think for them, if they're going to trade down, they're pretty much going to need like real assets. They got to. They want to attempt to fleece a team, a desperate team like Chicago or Denver. Are like the two teams maybe they could trade up for? That's from what I've heard, but they haven't really got much traction though. I think teams because after because I think Carolina realized there's no way Atlanta's gonna do business with them being in the division. I think it comes down to a team like Denver or say uh, Chicago. But then again, Chicago they seem pretty content on Andy Dalton. Sorry, Chicago fans, I know <laughs> that's like the worst thing possible where we're content with Andy Dalton. But it looks just based on Ryan Pace's comments it seems like it so i think if they're going to trade down be signed with denver i think denver is a team you have to watch out for here how can you do that to your fan base what just give them andy dalton and be like yeah you know you got to deal with this now you're a season ticket holder you're dropping all this money on the organization because <laughs> they're, they're gonna tell they're gonna sell you on andy dalton come on man right pace is like just chicago fans are known like you you've suffered quarterback yeah you just yeah. you've suffered here's another, here's another 18 games now you thing is people you say chicago is the place where receivers go to die i'll never forget when i was growing up uh Mushimaham was calling off like a career year in carolina and then he went to chicago and people were like he'll never be the same man he was never the same yeah so we used to talk about like chicago is the place go receivers go die now i think it's like quarterbacks yeah yeah let me ask you this question, man, and and I think your team is a perfect example for this one. When do you think it's the right time to draft a quarterback to be the heir apparent to your franchise guy? Because Matt Ryan's still there. Matt Ryan's still solid, mm-hmm. still can have some games, still a, a, a player that plays at a high level, right? Mm-hmm. When do you think it's the right time to, to look for that heir apparent? Because he's going to be 37 during next season. Yeah, it depends on, like, what actual round you want to go for, but like I would say, give it like a year, like prepare for it, uh, especially if you have, you know, just opportunity to do it. That's what's so big. Like the Falcons, the previous two years, it looked like they were gonna have a top five pick, and then they won like three games in a row at the end of the year, or they went six and two one year. Like this past year, it's like okay, they've actually managed to lose a lot of games, and now they're in this position. So when you're in this pole position. You got to so take advantage. You got to capitalize on it. Well, so, that's yeah. why in 2018 I wanted the Giants to take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And look, hindsight now is 2020. Yeah. That would have been a nightmare because I really wanted Darnold. Yeah. I really wanted Josh Rosen, which uh, is a massive ooh. L. And honestly, after those guys, it was Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson who I didn't want either of them, and they ended up being the guys that are going to be franchise quarterbacks for their teams for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. So, I think you're right. I think it. All depends on where you are in your draft and if the right guy is there for you. Like I really felt as if the Giants should have taken a quarterback because Eli Manning was shot. Eli Manning was shot from like 2015. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that 2016, they spent all this money in free agency yeah. and then they make the playoffs and it's like a band aid over that big wound that was on the Giants. So 
I agree with you. I think it, it all depends on if you're finally in a position to take one. Then some teams, they'll take a shot like a third or fourth round. Like, look, look what Pittsburgh did with Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. The Giants try to do it with Kyle Aletta. So there's yeah. sometimes... <laughs> I'm just saying, so there's, there's sometimes teams will take third round, fourth round pick. Let's just take a quarterback and try to see what happens in the future. Uh, I think Caroline did that with Will Greer. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm Giants, actually a lot of bad. Hold on, hold on. The Giants took, I think it was like three straight years, they took the Senior Bowl MVP. Davis Webb, remember him? Oh, that was oh. You want to talk about a pick that was universally hated? That Davis Webb pick. I don't what know what I do to deserve this. What's I don't wor- ask for much. What's worse, the Senior Bowl MVP or uh, the Nickelodeon thing? The Nick Mitchell Trubisky one. The Nickelodeon what player. What the fuck day. was that that he won? Remember, remember the Nickelodeon game between uh, Chicago and New Orleans. Remember the game was on Nickelodeon in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So he won an award for that. Yeah, they voted him. He was the player of the game. Mitch that Trubisky. had to be trolling. Hey, the kids love Mitchell Trubisky, Nickelodeon. Oh. So what's worse? <laughs> Our youth is fucked up. If that's the case, <laughs> you're that or Nate Burleson called a questionable Holy game. Holy shit! I didn't know that he won a fucking award for yeah, that. Yeah, Nickelodeon Jesus. player of the game. Oh man! All right, so back to the Falcons. What do you think they do, man? I think they take Kyle Pitts. I think they should draft Trey Lance. Wow. I think Matt Ryan's on decline. Okay. I, I don't think it's no secret. Yeah, I mean, he's not on the up. No, but I think he's bigger decline than people realize. I feel yeah. like his play has dipped. Yo, remember last year, one of the questions we had in the offseason mm-hmm. was, I gave you five quarterbacks to pick from that were going to fall off a cliff because yeah. we've seen that happen. It was it was Rivers Rossberg. in 2019. Uh, then it was Eli Manning the year before. And it's like, yo, these aging quarterbacks, when it gets bad, it's going to get bad. And like one of the names that I mentioned was Matt Ryan, but the other one was also Aaron Rodgers in the new <laughs> MVP. So, you know, 50-50 there. But, dude, Matt Ryan is, is one of those guys where I think Roethlisberger is another good one this year. Yeah. When it's going to get bad, it's going to be like, yo, pull the fucking plug on this guy now. I think Roethlisberger, like, uh, the thing with Roethlisberger, you don't know, like, how injured he is. Like, you always think his injury is getting to him. But, like... There were times that second half of the season, like you watched that Monday night game in Cincinnati where the offense looked utterly hopeless. And even the first half against Cleveland in that playoff game, like there's just times where Ben can't throw the ball downfield or accurately. He could throw the ball, just it's nowhere near in the vicinity of his receivers. Look, let's also bail him out a little a little bit. His wide receivers didn't it, really it have a down. great last eight games too. Yeah. They, like, led the league in drops the yeah, Steelers did. Right. That, that that's fair. Um, but when it comes to Matt Ryan, like, okay. He's obviously getting a huge upgrade in uh, coaching wise from Dirk Cutter to uh, Arthur Smith, but I just see, I, don't, I just see as he gets older, he gets more and more jeer in the pocket when pressure comes in. He's and he's not the same athlete that he once was. Matt Ryan was always a sneaky athlete, but now it just he doesn't move as well. And I think he's one of those quarterbacks like the last I would say three years he's taken forty or more sacks, and that catches up to you especially a team that's consistently down like the falcons have been in the last three years so i just think the punishment and bad scheme is just really all culminate but then you look at the other side a, a team with julio jones calvin ridley and kyle pitts like whew, and with one of the play callers that everyone was enamored with last year Arthur smith like all right maybe matt ryan could really bounce back but i do still think there's limitations even though maybe he has like a ryan Tannehill like resurgence with you know Arthur Smith is Arthur Smith as good as people proclaim him to be, and like he's proven over the past two seasons. Well, Arthur Arthur Smith also had a hell of a running back that he can hand yeah, off to. That, that's the thing because like people talk about um like the last two years Arthur Smith coach teams are like number one in the red zone. I'm like you do realize who his running back was. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but Cordell Patterson's very exciting. <laughs> 
Dude, did, did you get any flashes of uh, when you guys signed Devin Hester? Yeah, but the thing is, like, Patterson's more of a running back now. Like, he really, like, the last three years, Patterson uh, has more carries than receptions. So, Hester, when he came to Falcons, he had, like, 45 catches. Like, Matt Ryan made a priority to get him involved in the offense. So, it's a little different, like, in terms of offensive fit. But, of course, you know, legendary, like, Patterson, his, he is such a threat. It's unbelievable. Dude, Devin Hester, Hall of Famer or no? It shouldn't be a debate. He absolutely is. I agree with you. Yeah. If you were the best player to ever do it at your position, you should be in the Hall of Fame. And he changed games. You want to talk about a player that was like a legit specialist. Bro, that was like their offense at one point. It's it like, really was. Like, 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 <laughs> defense, like, defense, let's hope they could punt to Devin Hester. It's like Rex Grossman. <sighs> All right. Bro, they went <laughs> to the Super Bowl, and a lot of it was because of him. What do you have, like seven touchdowns that year? And what happened in the Super Bowl? Yeah, the opening <laughs> kickoff. Dude, I was at that. Yeah, wow. What I was at that. I was sitting with a lot of Colts fans yeah. and one Bears fan. Right. And he was an elder, elderly gentleman, maybe in his 60s. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, kid, that's the best returner I've ever seen play. You know what's crazy? Um, I want to say it was the 2016 season. So Hester got uh, – he didn't re-sign with the Falcons. And then no team picked him up until Seattle in, like, December. Seattle, for whatever reason, picked him up off the couch uh, then in January, Seattle plays the land of the playoffs back in Georgia Dome. Dude, Hester had like three kickoff returns of over 40 yards. It was like one of the most ridiculous things. And if the Falcons' offense wasn't legendary that year, like I assume you'll probably would have taken a punt to house, but the Falcons weren't punting too much that year. But it's just that just shows you his talent. Like Hester literally wasn't didn't play all year. Seattle picks him up and he just makes a huge difference. And he just someone like you look at some of the games, like everyone talks about uh, the legend RIP Denny Green, that rant. Hester had like two touchdowns that game. So it's just, he was a real game changer. Hester had three punt return touchdowns in 2016 and he had two kick return touchdowns. Oh, so he did a lot more. It was with Seattle though, right? No, oh, this was with Chicago. You're talking about 2006. 2006. Okay, yeah. I was say and then, and then he had. In 2007, he had four punt return touchdowns and two kick return touchdowns. Yeah, I remember that Arizona game on Monday night. He had two. Man. The Bears are who we thought they were, right? We let them win. Yeah. Dude. Go crown their ass. Yo, he <laughs> was amazing, bro. Teams were like, teams were basically hoping the ball would get kicked out of bounds to start on the 40, then to let him right. get a return back. Like, yeah. That's crazy. You're giving a field position like that. Dude, you know what's scary? If they had, if he played with a better quarterback, a more caring quarterback, I will say that, like, because Jay Culler was there. Like, Hester spoke openly. There was times where if he dropped the pass or didn't run the right route, Color wouldn't look his way the rest of the game. Like, and Gus says that they had the worst relationship. He comes to Atlanta. He goes, Matt Ryan openly talks to me. He says, how do we get you involved? It was, like, it was just that much of a relationship clash with Color, and then how much of a rapport he struck with Ryan. I just wonder, in Chicago, if he had a better quarterback, what we what he could have done as a receiver. We know he wasn't going to catch 70 passes a year, but just some of the explosive plays he could have made. Who knows? All right, let's talk about the Bengals. Oh, before we forget, what's your, what are you feeling for the Falcons? Okay, so this would be ideal for Kyle Pitts if you're playing like fantasy also. Like that'd be like a really dope like I could see him scoring like twelve touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> but I think if Justin Fields doesn't go to the Niners, this would be a dope spot oh, for yeah. him to go to. Um you guys completely change your front office and coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And if you go quarterback here, you can still be competitive with Matt Ryan and maybe do like a sort of Pat Mahomes kind of thing with him where, 
you know, Matt Ryan's still playing at a high level. And unless he completely falls off a cliff mm-hmm. like we were talking about, you let him play maybe week 16 or, well, week 17 or 18, right? Because yeah, yeah. we have an 18th week Sorry, this year. Yeah. Um, but, dude, dual threat. And I know you mentioned Trey Lance. I don't know much about him. But I do know that he's like the number one wild card quarterback in this draft. Mm-hmm. And he's I, not polished. That's the one thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would love to see Justin Fields go here at number right. four. Okay. I think it's an ideal situation yeah. there. Uh, Bengals, got to be offensive lineman. I, I hear Jamar Chase is being connected there, but I just think after everything that's happened, you got to go Penny. Well, Sola. the Chase thing is because they play together at LSU. Yeah. Um, we've also seen that happen with Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin, and that didn't really translate that much. Right. McLaurin was actually more productive with other quarterbacks than with the guy that he spent his college years with. There is quite a talent discrepancy between you. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. But uh, Sewell from Oregon, if you're if you're the Bengals, you got to go offensive line I hear here. He, like, people concerned to be like the second best overall player in the draft. That's how much they rate him. Yeah, like he's just an absolute freak, and it's been a long time since Cincinnati had like a legit like they've had good offensive line, but not someone that was like someone that you're watching out for, like a Mikhail Becton now or Trent Williams or Tyron Smith, like someone that's year in and year out going to be at the top of your All Pro list. Like that's what how they're rating Penny School, and I just think after what Joe Burrow had to deal with last year, I think you just have to go that route. And also, I think that drafting one position like him mm-hmm. can also maybe fix a couple other positions on the offensive line. You right. move Jonah Williams to maybe right tackle, Riley Reef. Yeah. Right? Riley Reef, Alan, not Riley Reed. Right? I saw your eyes perk up over oh. there. Riley Reef's like this journeyman. <laughs> like, he was so bad. Like, he's like one of those guys, like, all right, you sign him. He could be a good death piece, but you don't want him playing 16 games. And you saw what happened with Joe Burrow last year, man. Yeah. Again, find a quarterback, protect them, go after theirs, and that's what you got to do for oh, the I got to go on for you. Like, you know what's no reason why you draft Pencil? So Bobby Hart does not have to see the field, if you remember him. Oh, do I remember him? They gave him like a three-year, $24 million contract. You I'm- know what happened with the Giants, bro? They found uh, McKenzie, the the right tackle. Cree McKenzie? Yeah. Yeah, that was like, we're talking like decade ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm saying, but they like signed him as like a free agent. Right. And then they were always trying to find these like journeyman right tackles okay. to like replicate that. I was that. like, damn, that's a reference. I've ever creeped because he was on the Jets for a bit. And yeah, yeah. And then he goes to the Giants and they, he's the yeah. right tackle for them to win the Super Bowl. Damn, here I thought Kyle Lutta name drop would have been most worth. <sighs> Listen, man, it still hurts. All right, it still hurts. So uh, do, what do you what do you have with the Bengals? Got also, Sewell. Got Sewell. Yeah. Okay, sixth. This is where I want Kyle Pitts to go. Ooh. Think about Brian Flores coming from New England. He was there. He knows the infrastructure of the two tight end thing. Gasicki, Pitts, Devontae Parker, my boy Will Fuller, Mr. Yeah. PEDs. Right? Like one year prove a deal. Yeah. Um I don't have cup. It's, it's a great fit. I, I don't because I still like I don't want to be one of these guys say that like I hear people, oh tight end position, how much of a difference they make. They can make a huge difference. I just think a guy like Mike Gazicki Mike could make a hit. Like he's someone that needs to be featured more, and I just think he's someone that could be a legit star in the league. I feel I feel like he's on the cusp. Yeah, and that's why I don't he's think- close to like being like in that Zach Ertz, like the old Zach Ertz, yeah. maybe even entering that Kittle range. That's too. why I'm not. I don't think they'll pull a trigger on Coppets because I still think they have needs, and I do think they need a legit another receiver just because the instability of Will Fuller and Devontae Parker is always someone that's a wild card. 
So that's why I think they will go for a, more of a need pick here and take a receiver. But you know, who's going to say no, Kyle Pitts? It's it's either Pitts or a wide receiver for sure. It has to be an offensive uh, weapon. Yeah, yeah, just based on everything inside because you know they've they've invested so much defensively, and there's no one really here that you look at defensively. Like I don't think they'll take. Like, I don't think there's a team that's spending more on corners than them. Mm. So I don't think they'll take like a Horn or Satanger, even though Daddy Daddy Roots was certain considering what he did in Miami. But uh, no, I got Jamar Chase here. Okay, let me ask you this question, and I want to sort of bring the Giants into this fold too. And I know the Giants are in a little mm-hmm. bit, but I feel like you see this a lot happen with NFL teams. Do you think that teams try to make up for a mistake too much? And what I mean by that is, let's just say, for example, Tua is not the guy. Let's say Daniel Jones is not the guy, mm-hmm. which I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky wasn't the guy. What do all those teams have in common? Those off seasons going into year two or year three, they stocked up on offense. Giants go and get Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. A lot of mock drafts have them drafting a wide receiver at 11. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's to make up for the L that they've taken on the quarterback while with plugging him with a bunch of weapons? And it's like, yo, bro, so you know who else did this too? Buffalo. Yes. Buffalo did this, but it worked for them yeah. because they got him John Brown. They got him Cole Beasley. They got him Stephon Diggs. And they're knocking on the door of a Super Bowl. He's like a top five tied, uh, quarterback, Josh Allen, that is. Do you think teams do this? Because that's what I think, though this is the right thing to do if you're Miami. Is, is that in your mind at all? I think it's just you have to do it for a young quarterback. I think it's just a matter of we have all this cap space. We got to use them. We got to like help this guy try to succeed. I don't think it's a matter of like hiding it or taking it out or not. We're just trying to do everything possible again to succeed because ultimately you need weapons. You need an offensive line. You need to have a good infrastructure around them. So... I don't think it's more of like we're trying to make up for pick. It's like no, he needs this. Like, mm. like we got to build around him. Like we have a four-year window here, hopefully. So I think that's the goal. Like make sure we can do everything we can these three, four years, and then see where it takes us. But could that set you back as a team? Oh yeah, because some GMs are stubborn. Dave Gettleman, Ryan Pace, like these guys. They just try to justify in different ways. They yeah, talk themselves into it, even though you just know this isn't going to end well. Like, like some of these guys should not be like everyone always says. Oh, if just be, oh, they're a general manager, they're credential. Like, oh, they're qualified for this job. I'm like, no, they probably yeah. aren't. They're also, like, yeah, you know, the Ravens could be in this mold too, but they haven't done anything to really address right. the receiving position. Like, look at the whole debacle in Philly. There was a huge piece that came out this past week of just how Howie Roseman and. They would just talk over Doug Pearson. They didn't even take him seriously at times. It's just, it's just there are times where the head coach and GM are not on the same page, and eventually things fall apart. Like look at what happened with the Jets right after that draft. McKinnon gets fired, and people are like, why would you fire him after draft? I think that and happened, after free agency, where you spend that all happened with money. Carolina as well. Yeah. So some teams just don't know what they're doing. Mm. Yeah. All right. Hey, I was just fascinated by that question because yeah. I think that's what. But but it's weird, right? Like I use it with the Dolphins only because of Tua. Because mm-hmm. with with you taking a wide receiver or a tight end at number six, mm-hmm. I think that means that you're going all in on Tua. Mm-hmm. Which yo, you know what, man? I was thinking about this more. I'm not ready to sell my stock on Tua because weird off season last year, bro. COVID. There was no training camp really. There was no preseason games. Rookie coming in also hurt still. And then the whole rotation with Fitzpatrick. Yeah, you just you got to just put. put Put the chips down. Let them go. Yo, year one and two, what I want to see from my quarterback is throw him out there. Mm -hmm. 
let him fuck up, but show improvement. Yeah. The Giants are throwing Daniel Jones out there, and he's fucking up, yeah. and he's constantly fucking up. Yeah. There's no improvements at all. But that's what I think happens with Miami. And they got a new offense coordinator. Uh, what was it? Chan Gailey? I forgot who they got rid of. But they're hoping new scheme change can help them out and more weapons. Because I think skill position-wise, Miami might have had the worst skill position players outside maybe the Jets last year. Like, there was not much there. Yeah. Okay. If Kyle Pitts goes to Miami, I think this is where Jamar Chase goes okay. to Detroit at number seven. Okay. Yeah, that's ideal. I mean, look, they lose their one and two receiver last right. year. They got to fill that need. Right. Uh Career resurgence for Perriman, who's over there now? He's just going places. <laughs> isn't wait, isn't Tyrell Williams there or no? Yeah, Tyrell Williams too. Yeah, he's a good deep threat. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think uh if you want something long term, obviously you get a guy like Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. who I don't know if he's the best who do you think is the best wide receiver in this draft? I love Devonta Smith. Why is it like all of a sudden people are talking about his his size, he's undersized and it's just sometimes with draft it's like you it, gotta people, nitpick at something people just nitpick i think it's just like it's such a long process you create you have so much time to yeah i don't know because i look at him like physically oh he is a freak mm. like, this guy's gonna make things after the catch you're, you're like at the catch point i don't see too many dbs bullying him like he's someone that could i think step in immediately and be like 80 catch receiver. That's why I think I, I I have him going to Detroit. I think he can make a difference. Even though I am a little hesitant just because the whole Dan Campbell, we're going to be biting off kneecaps and we're all about physicality. Like, watch him go all line here. Like, I know Slater is being pegged around here. But I think ultimately you have to look at that offense. Like, all right, we got to try to work something around with Jared Goff. This guy clearly is, he's the prototypical. This guy needs everything around him to be competent. So get him a receiver in Devon Smith and go with it. Yeah, I think the Lions might be, of all the teams here that we've mentioned so far, mm. they might be the most needy of this position right. of them. Like, yeah. they desperately need a wide receiver. Right. Um, all right. Panthers, number eight. I A lot of buzz for this dude, Rashawn Slater. Yeah. Northwestern offensive tackle. Look, you... Might have found Ryan Tannehill 2.0 and Sam Donald. If you feel like you can save his career, he's still young, dude. Yeah, and this coaching staff is as good as everyone thinks it is. Right, and yo, the weapons. Not yeah. a bad, not a bad place to step I into. Know. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who he knows, yeah. McCaffrey. Like, that's not a bad offense to step into. All yeah. young guys too, and you have the great chemistry with Robbie Anderson already, and you have a running back that you could bail it out to yeah. if you need to. Why not protect him? He's never had talent like this around him. Oh, ever. not even close. Yeah, and now he's got the coaching too. It's just, I'm excited about Sam. Though I think people are writing him off way too early. Is uh, Joe Brady still there? Yeah, he is. Right? Yeah, he can get high. Dude, you saw what he did with um, even last year. Like with, with they may do it Bridgewater. Just Bridgewater does not push the ball down yeah. field, and Darnold's someone that will take chances. So, um, I, I actually, I don't think he's gonna fall, but. If things align, like Kyle Pitts might be here, and imagine if Kyle Pitts goes there. Mm. Yeah, like if if Atlanta says we really need a quarterback, let's take it. Then I, because I don't see Miami taking Pitts. I don't definitely don't see the Lions. Oh, you don't see Miami taking Pitts. I don't see Miami taking Pitts, and I don't see Detroit because I think Hawkinson. Hawkinson, yeah. he's a top ten pick. Right, not too long ago. Yeah, like Cincy. I, I don't know. I think since he's got their sights on, like I could, if Atlanta doesn't take Pitts, or and if the team doesn't trade up to take Pitts, 
I think he could fall to Carolina, and wow, what a coup that would be. That would be. Yeah. That would be tremendous. Yeah, now that I think about it, yeah. yeah. So I, I do. I have it fallen there. I think it's kind of unlikely just because I do think Land will take Kyle Pitts, but in my world, I say Land goes Trey Lance, and Pitts falls to Carolina, and then they make it happen. You mentioned Trey Lance before. I feel like Denver could be possible. You think he falls to nine? Yeah. Okay. Unless someone trades up or unless Atlanta takes him. Yeah. But if he could fall to nine, look, I like some of the pieces that they have in Denver. I like KJ Hamler. I like uh, Jerry Judy. Mm -hmm. Love Cortland Sutton. I think this would be a nice place for him to go where he could step into a situation where he has some weapons around him. And... I don't want to say that Denver develops quarterbacks well because no, this, this idea of, yeah. John Elway is still living off the fact that he won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Yeah. So this notion of him being a quarterback whisperer, like he's whiffed on all quarterbacks outside. Remember Paxton Lynch? Yeah. Brock Osweiler. Like these guys were not, yeah. not good quarterbacks. He just so happened to get his hands on the second best quarterback of all right. time, arguably. And what's crazy, Elway's been bailed out a couple of times is he was going to give Oswald the contract that Houston gave him, but Houston offered, I think, $4 million more, so Oswald went to Houston. Um, Dallas was big on Paxton Lynch, and they would have taken him over Dak if it wasn't for um, Denver. So, like, John Elway, it's, he's always been kind of in the – forefront of like where like quarterback decision like polarizing quarterback decisions so this could be another one you know i had multiple people tell me mm-hmm. that when the giants took daniel jones sixth denver really wanted him at 10 that's oh. why denver traded out of the pick right pittsburgh yeah yeah yep and then they took devin bush mm-hmm. so it's another another black right. eye on the resume of quarterbacks for for it's john Elway. and like drew lock he just Every time I watch Drew Lock, it's like a turnover waiting to happen. He just always seemed to be just pressing too much. What is it about Trey Lance that has you fascinated by him? Because he has 288 career pass attempts, mm-hmm. only 17 starts. Um, he didn't throw a single pick in college while passing for 28 touchdowns and running for 16 or more. I think he's just one of those... North Dakota State, by the yeah, way. One of those true dual threat cannon arm. Uh, I think people are just a little concerned about... like. Once again, like not being polished yet, like you know, does he make the right reads and all that? But I just think when you look at the intangibles of him, it's like okay, this guy could be a total freak. Like if he develops, you know, he's just one of those guys where you could run optional at time and you could push the ball downfield and you put him in the right scheme, boom, it's gonna be a hit. So I think people are just banking a lot of you know, people hate the word to use. Hey, people don't want to use the word upside. I don't want to try to use the word upside because you hear gonna hear upside. 55,000 times during the draft, but that's why I think people look at like the real potential of him. Cowboys, number 10. I think this, like, like it just has to be a corner. Yeah. Like, it could go be defense, but I feel like it's the best corner. Like, out of all defense positions, this was the core. By the way, I, I want to just mention Denver. I have Mika Parsons going there. I think they're going to take a chance on him. You know, that would be my pick. But uh, when it comes to Dallas, I think it's a corner and. This is the class of like Penn State linebacker, by the way. For yeah, those that might not yeah. know, I think absolutely. By the way, tremendous combine. Yeah, like he fucking great athlete. Just yeah. people are kind of because is he gonna like be able to adapt to NFL? He's not the most physical player, but um, 
this like this draft class with Sertain and then Asante Samuel Jr. This is the draft class. Like, damn, getting older. Asante Samuel Jr. Fuck, <laughs> that one makes you feel older than fucking Patrick Sertain. Yeah, because Sertain I think was done by like early 2000s. Yeah, Samuel. Bro, Samuel was playing at a high level till like 09, 2010. Hey, he was growing the Falcons in 2012. So. Fuck, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do think Dallas goes uh, Sertain here. He's just someone that's. I think just, they just need like another physical corner. I know they got Diggs, who was kind of underachieved his first year, but the fact that they could have two Bama corners, I think there's an appeal there. Yeah, um, seems like a lot of DBs coming out of Bama are pro mm-hmm. ready. Uh, he hasn't had any injuries too. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of those Bama guys that come out, there is always that. Uh, I don't know if it's a narrative or a false narrative of how it's sort of damaged goods. Like, I remember when the Giants took Landon Collins. I love that pick, but a lot of people were saying he was the only one that didn't really suffer any shoulder or groin mm-hmm. injury in Bama because he runs these guys down to the ground. Yeah. Drake Kirkpatrick way back in the day, too. So, uh, yeah, if you're Dallas, this is the one that you got to go after. And then you look at the division, right? Like, you got to worry about Kenny Galladay. You got to worry about Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. Who knows what Philly does, right? So, and I just think the NFC in general. NFC in general, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh, All right. Usually we were going to do 10, but the Giants have the 11th pick, and I definitely want to talk about the Giants. What do you think the Giants should do at at 11? I don't understand the idea of getting a wide receiver. I talked about it before. Yeah, at first I was going to say, like, get best player available, but then it's like you invested so much in the receiver position, and maybe, like, best defensive player available could be a way. Because even though defense has improved – I still think it could get better, like, talent-wise. Mm. So, like, maybe someone like a J.C. Horn, I know someone's been mentioned, uh, like, as a top 15. And, you know, he's someone people are a little concerned about. His tape's not all that great, but they're looking more at the combine numbers. You know, measurables are really good. But um, I would say probably, yeah, something best defensive player available. I know linebacker is a position, but I feel like the Giants never really invest in linebacker. They don't. Only not, I know Blake Martinez was Only a in free line, agency. But, Even um, going back to, like, Antonio Pierce, they traded for John Beeson. Yeah. They, and he was kind of damaged goods already. Yeah. So I just don't really remember like the Giants drafting a linebacker. Like I mean, like they'll make acquisitions, but you know, if Parsons available, do you take him? Like who knows? But you know, I do think they should be like best of. I, for me, you all look at go the defensive route and whoever's best out there. So I uh, disagree defensive route okay. um, unless it's an edge rusher. Okay. Uh, I like that kid out of Miami, Phillips. Okay, I've heard. Of um, but I like the offensive lineman from USC. Uh, Vera Tucker. I didn't know this about him, but he was a guard his sophomore year, and then he moved to tackle, and he had a monster tackle season. And I think a guy like that that's so versatile, he would be a day-one starter for the Giants because, yeah, maybe you draft him as a right tackle, but you need a right guard, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. You you draft him with in mind to be a right guard, and then Mm -hmm. someone gets injured, Nate Solder, right? Last year, no one knew about that. Nate Mm -hmm. Solder was going to just sit out the yeah. year that happened after the draft and because you the giants intentions were andrew thomas right tackle mm-hmm. nate solder left tackle right. then that gets all makeshift and then before you know it it's just chaos mm-hmm. ensues so i think with him you draft him you put him in right away on the right side of the offensive line and it's one of those things where he's at the top of the depth chart for both positions and you're mm-hmm. like all right let's just work behind him to see what happens that would be like a gentleman ju- judge pick like just Taking a you know taking O line in the first round, but someone that has that versatility. Yeah. So, yeah. That. that's what that's what I would like to see an okay. offensive lineman. Because 
you think that really held them back offensively last year? Just last no, year? I think that that was surprisingly, bro. The offensive line played well last year for the Giants. They're losing Zeitler. Zeitler was yeah. the one guy that could that wasn't an asshole. Yeah. They just let him go for nothing. Yeah. Oh, and of course, the Ravens got him. Yeah. yeah oh, he's going to be a beast over there. That's what the Ravens do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, that's it for our mock draft. As we wrap up the episode. Give me a team that you think should leave the first round with so player. Hmm. It's weird because my answer is the next pick in this. If we were to continue the mock draft, and it's it would be. Philly needing a wide receiver, right? Uh, either of the Bama guys. So you're thinking like Waddle? I think Waddle would fit. The, yo, they need speed, and this dude is being compared to Tyreek Hill. Like speed wise, uh, last year he went over 120 plus receiving yards in each of the four games for Bama. Then he gets hurt. I even know some people in Alabama. My friend Jess, who's been on the podcast many times, mm-hmm. she was saying how the number one wide receiver going into last year was actually Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. He gets hurt, and then that's when Devontae Smith just not that Devontae Smith was some scrub, mm-hmm. but no one saw that coming from Devontae Smith because of Waddle there. And look, you just need you need some. You need some speed. Waddle, Waddle and then Rieger over there. Um, I, that's, I would prefer him to Philly over Devontae Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah, just because of the speed factor. They need speed, bro. It was a very slow offense. Yeah. This is going to be something like reminiscent of what Kansas City did with uh, Edwards Hilaire, but I would love – I don't think they'll do it just because I think they need more defensively. But if Buffalo got Harris, just make that offense even more explosive and dynamic. Yeah, or or like uh, Saint Etienne. Ooh, I do think that that that's a hell of a comparison because I think they, but it's different though, right? Because Kansas City won the Super Bowl with Damian Williams, who mm-hmm. balled out for them in the playoffs. Right. Just so happened that he sat out because of COVID, yeah. and then it was funny he wanted to come back, and they were like, "Nah, man, you're good, we're good." <laughs> like you just, you did your thing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, man. I think if Buffalo was to take a running back, that's a missing piece in them. Right. On the offensive side of yeah, the ball, yeah, I just. It's just one of those moments where it's like, okay, we could even add more to this and make team like just create more mismatches, but then also, you know, I think become even more efficient in the red zone. Even though they weren't that bad in the red zone, I think they're a little too dependent on Josh Allen as a as a runner. Where it's like, okay, you kind of want to keep him, you want to utilize it because Josh Allen's such an asset, but you know, you do want to have more consistency in the red zone. I think Harris could bring that. I would like to see. I, I want the Giants to take this kid at 11, if not offensive lineman, but Russo from Miami. Not Vince Russo. Okay. <laughs> bro, bro, bro. Gregory Russo. Gregory Russo um, yeah. Dude, 16 sacks as a redshirt freshman. I feel like this is the first time like Miami's had a lot of prospects in a long time. You know what's weird about Miami? Yeah. They always have these like weird gems that blossom mm-hmm. in the NFL, but they just can't seem to get the program to come back yeah. to... Yo, that's what happens when you get hit with sanctions, bro. Sanctions and you get penalized and you lose scholarships. Like, it's hard to recover from that. Mm. Dude, SMU in like the 80s was like a national power. Wow. And then they just got hit with all those sanctions when they had like Eric Dickerson and shit. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. there's a great, I think it's called Pony Express. Mm-hmm. Tremendous 30 for 30. It's just hard to recover from that. It loses the appeal too because these kids want to play national. Yeah, you want to play yeah. national championship games, bowl games, and whatnot. Yeah. You're just gonna go there for nothing. So, mm-hmm. but this kid is, uh, you know, and uh, he opted out over COVID last year. So that's why I think some people are a little, 
little worried, mm-hmm. but I think it's gonna. It, it is a great pick for the if if you're like the Jets yeah. need an edge rusher, the other New York team oh. that'd be dope. I, I'm curious like how front offices are gonna evaluate prospects that they know or highly regard but don't have as much tape as other players because they sat out. That's something to keep your eye on. Like if a player only played once or twice last season, like how much is it gonna affect the stock? Hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Or if they have tape that's Prior outdated. To, yeah. Like, you know, this kid played in 2019. Yeah. So I, think, I think it's just a matter of, like, how, what's the front office's philosophy? Like, you know, like it's, it's, I think it's more of a case team by team rather than just a whole overview. Yeah. What do you think uh, New England does? Do you think they go quarterback? Do you think they're... I think they're going to... I think they might go quarterback in, like, the later rounds, but I don't think the first round. First I, think, round. I think Belichick realizes they still need more talent, even though they signed everyone imaginable. Which we you know we talked about Warren and all that. Like I wasn't all that crazy about their signs. I thought it was pretty underwhelming. But I think they're just going to add more talent, whether it be at receiver or get another edge rusher. You know, time will tell. All right, man. This was fun. Yeah, I always like picking your brain with this kind of stuff. I find interesting, like the Patriots, even though without Brady, they still like people are always curious what they're going to do. Like they're still a team that's out there. I, you know, obviously, Belichick's still Belichick, but it's just it's it's crazy how much. Uh, demand the Patriots still attract. Meanwhile, we haven't really talked about you know Tampa Bay or Kansas City or even a team like New Orleans. You know. Well, yeah. I think it's it might be a generational thing for us. True. They've just been good for so long. You're just surprised that they didn't make the playoffs last year. Right. And I think well, what they did this offseason, you know, another we've used polarizing mm-hmm. a lot. I wasn't really the biggest fan of what they did this offseason. I think most people weren't a fan. Yeah. 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 So... I'm curious to see. I would like them to go wide receiver. Yeah, we know they're not going to go tight end. Right, right. <laughs> so it's about investing in the position. <laughs> uh, Edelman, Hall of Famer, yes or no? Absolutely not. <laughs> God. You were pretty... Uh, people thought you subtweeted me, bro. Nah, not that. I just... Look, I'm not the biggest Eli Manning guy. Everyone knows this. Nah, I know. And what Edelman, look, a playoff resume is up there with like Jerry Rice. Really, really? is. But regular season, you know, he, he's had like, I think, 6,500 yards receiving I just, this game. I like sustained greatness. Mm. And that is the case. Like, we're still trying to get like Torrey Holt in the Hall of Fame. My guy. You know my first yeah. favorite wide receiver yes. of all time? Love yeah. Torrey Holt. But, but people are not talking about Julian Edelman. Like, there's levels to this, people. There is levels. Uh, Alan, you're the man. Where can they find you? Alan. Sterk, that's A double L E N S T R K. You were going to say the underscore, weren't you? I'm working on it. You're working on it. Let's go. Guys, I already gave the promotion to the Indian Department. Check us out on YouTube. Or you can watch the whole episode on there. And we will catch you guys next time. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.